What is codependency exactly? Why is it that it makes us feel like we can't let go of someone who doesn't deserve our love? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. The codependency trap and narcissistic abuse. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Let's start by defining codependency specifically. And if we're going to put it really, really simply, it is relying in an unhealthy way on a partner or another person in the world who helps you feel like you're alive. It's relying excessively on someone emotionally or psychologically, to put it really simply. The thing about codependency is it's never simple because in every relationship you're going to rely on each other for something, right? But the difference here is in a codependent relationship, you rely on them for psychological and emotional support and validation that you can't get anywhere else. Regardless of the nature of the relationship you have with this person, if you have become codependent, it means that you are no longer able to handle the day-to-day -day stuff yourself. You require them to be a part of your life. While codependent relationships may begin or have existed with what seem like the best possible intentions on even the case of both parties, usually it comes like this when we're talking about narcissists and codependency. So you've got an empath who meets a narcissist and thinks, hey, this person's kind of messed up, but I kind of like them and I think I can help them feel better. Or they completely blindside you. You think they're going to save you. And what ends up happening is that as you attempt to save them, or as you attempt to allow them to save you, you end up being the one taking care of them. What happens is that as the relationship becomes increasingly codependent, it becomes increasingly unhealthy. When it moves from helping someone to codependency, that's when you have a big red flag happening. It becomes highly dysfunctional for both you and the other person. So what are some signs and symptoms that you're in a codependent relationship? Well, you might notice an unhealthy amount of clinginess or the need to be joined at the hip, as I always say. You might need to be with the other person in order to feel happy or fulfilled. And you might tolerate any kind of attention, even if it's negative, abusive attention. And as time goes on, you might find that you're actually enabling that person's bad behavior and disrespect of you and other people in their lives. You will find yourself cleaning up after this person. You will find yourself helping them hide addictions or bad behaviors or abuse, even abuse of yourself. The narcissist is notably immature, notably not empathic, notably disrespectful to their closest supplies, which I'm guessing might be you among others. The more you help that person pick up the pieces, the more they hold on to you, the more they manipulate you to get what they want. The more you help them pick up the pieces of their messes, the more they need you, the more codependent you both become, the less often they have to take responsibility in any way, shape or form because you're cleaning up the mess, the more they need you, the harder it is for you to pull away from them and vice versa. This can be related to money. This can be related to lots of things. But what it all comes down to is that the narcissist puts you in a place of needing them, but what they don't admit to you ever is that they need you just as much, if not more. Now listen, I don't want you beating yourself up about this because here's the thing that you have to remember. A lot of us stay in self-defeating relationships for weird reasons or normal reasons. We stay too long. 
Maybe because we're afraid of being by ourselves. Maybe because we feel responsible for that person's happiness. Maybe we stay too long because we think we have no choice. We want to leave, but we feel like we have to stay. Maybe because we have kids, because they have all the money, they control everything. A number of reasons. But then some of us leave and we end up in the same relationship again, just with a different person. What you don't realize or what you may not realize is that you're addicted to that feeling. There's an adrenaline rush that goes with that. And without going into all of the science, it's all about the lack of ability to produce dopamine. It's all about the adrenaline rush that comes with a toxic relationship or any kind of relationship. The adrenaline rush is related to the feelings of passion that you have for this person initially. And as the person in a toxic relationship brings you up and down and up and down with their Jekyll and Hyde attitudes, they also cause you to lose the ability to naturally produce dopamine, the neurotransmitter that makes you feel good. And for a lot of us empathic types, we become codependent because we have this tendency to put our own needs on the back burner for someone else, especially someone we love and care about. And the narcissist knows this and the narcissist uses this to their advantage. And now it's time for the question of the day. Well, questions. So let me ask you a question. What is it that holds you back from getting what you want in your relationship or in any relationship? Honestly, is it the fear of being alone? Is it the fear of that if you say I need this from you that they'll leave you? Is it too hard to go through a breakup? Do you think is it not worth the trouble? Are you too scared of what else could be out there? And you think, well, the wolf I know is better than the wolf I don't know. Whatever the reason is, I have to ask you another question. Do you think you might be self-sabotaging a little bit here? Can you imagine a world in which the person you're with or the person you're spending time with is someone who loves you and respects you as you deserve to be loved and respected? Do you feel paralyzed by your own fear of leaving this relationship? If that sounds like you, I want you to know that you're not alone. You're really not. You have to recognize that if this relationship is unhealthy for you, it's going to feel very scary to walk away from it. Fear doesn't leave you without a little work. If it does, it might morph into something else anger, codependency, a lot of other things. But here's the thing, you have to acknowledge it and you have to overcome it. You have to understand it. Why are you afraid? What are you scared of? Be really honest with yourself here. This is your life. You don't get a do-over, you get one, as far as we know. There might be a lot of different reasons that you're sabotaging your own needs in these relationships, but the longer you stick in a toxic relationship and the longer it takes you to get through this and move forward into a healthier space where you actually take care of yourself, the more of your life you're wasting. There could be a lot of reasons. Maybe you grew up in a dysfunctional home. Maybe you were bullied in school. Maybe something terrible happened to you and you just don't think you deserve any better. But I'm here to tell you, my friend, you do deserve better. You deserve to be loved and respected. You deserve to feel safe in your home and not scared when you hear the tires in the driveway or when you hear the key in the door. Oh no, it's stress time because this person's back to stress me out. No, it doesn't have to be like that. It really doesn't. Researchers tell us that the codependency symptoms continue to get worse the longer you leave them untreated. But the good news is you can treat them. They can be taken care of. You can be helped if you start now. They can be helped if you start now. Start doing something to change your life right now and it will get a little bit better every single day. Leaving a relationship is scary because you're scared that you'll be alone maybe forever. Staying in an unhealthy relationship or and thinking that you're just gonna protect yourself, that's gonna mess with your head after a while. Sure, you can do it. You can gray rock all day long and it works. But eventually you're going to actually stop feeling those emotions that you spend all this time hiding. And why do you hide the emotions? You hide them because you are afraid as soon as you let them out, the narcissist will attack you and or use them against you. You might be one of those people who the only thing you know is pain. 
conflict and stress might actually feel comfortable to you. And I know that sounds like crap, but I'm telling you, think about it really hard. If you left for a while and you came back and you got into one of the same arguments you've always been in, wouldn't it feel kind of normal? Doesn't stress and conflict feel a little bit normal to you sometimes? Dealing with this behavior on a regular basis, someone who's not available to you emotionally or only is available when they feel like being available, someone who's always distant or only interested in you at certain times for certain reasons, usually when they want something from you, someone who is just blatantly disrespectful to you. Is that really comfortable? You can't imagine maybe what it would feel like to be with someone who just wants to be with you for you. Someone who, when you say, how do you feel about me? They say, I love you because you are a smart person. You are amazing. You are good looking. You are this and this and this. Now, what, what does a narcissist say when you say, why do you love me? They say things like, I love you because you rub my back. I love you because you take care of the house. I love you because you make a lot of money. I love you because you do this, 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 and this for me. And you say, yeah, but what about me? What do you love about me? Well, I already told you. I love that you do these things for me. There's the difference. I'm going to share with you five signs that you might actually be a codependent person without even realizing it. Number one, people pleaser. Are you one? Are you a people pleaser? I know that I am a recovering people pleaser. I still want to make people happy, don't get me wrong, but now I don't do it at the expense of my own happiness. There's the difference. So a people pleaser, you're going to go above and beyond to make people happy. You probably are going to avoid conflict as often as possible. And once you notice that your partner will attack you for having anything negative to say to or about them, you're probably going to avoid confrontation at all costs with that person, even over important issues, because you think they'll reject you or you'll hurt them and it'll cause more drama and trouble in your life. And because you're worrying more about how they feel than how you feel. Number two, it's the red flag thing. You ignore them. You don't see them or you see them and you go like this. I don't see that. So if you're ignoring dishonesty, if you're ignoring cheating, if you're ignoring excessive possessiveness, if you're ignoring control factors, if you're ignoring really disrespectful jealousy tendencies that are probably projections, all of these kinds of red flags, you are in a spot that is bad you are ignoring red flags and that is not healthy for you. You've got to pay attention to those flags. Number three, are you giving too much in your relationship? Are you giving more than you're getting back in your relationship? I mean, listen, even healthy relationships sometimes are 90, 10, 60, 40, 30, 70, depending on what's going on in each everybody's life. But in general, on average, you're giving about the same amount overall. But in an unhealthy relationship like one with a narcissist, not only are you going to give more than you should, you might ignore your own self-care, you definitely ignore your own self-esteem needs, your own self-love, you either hate yourself or you just forget that you're supposed to love yourself because you're so busy taking care of their needs, and you might even feel like it's selfish to take care of yourself. Number four, your boundaries, they're not serious or at least they don't seem serious to you. The narcissist spends so much time stepping up on our boundaries and pretty soon they dance around the line and pretty soon they step right over the line. And then you're left to go, do I take action or do I keep on going? You might have certain standards in your life and have trouble saying no to their weird requests or their disrespectful requests or the things that they want that you aren't comfortable giving. But you might say yes anyway just to make them happy and hope that maybe they'll like you more or they'll treat you better if you tolerate their crap excuse me, if you put up with what they want from you, but that never works. And so you keep giving and giving and giving, you allow them to step over your boundaries or your boundaries disappear completely and you just become 
their tool, their plaything to use at will as they want. You're better than that, my friend. Number five, you stay in a relationship with someone who abuses you, someone who's distant, someone who does not support you emotionally ever, even in the worst possible times. Someone who, even though you know deep down inside, won't ever meet your emotional needs, you stay because you say you love them, because you say you're scared about the kids, because you say you don't have any money, you can't do anything. And listen, I get it. These are reasonable things, most of them. But the fact of the matter is, at some point, you have to decide, is it really worth the rest of my life? Do I really deserve to waste any more of my time in a relationship where I am not appreciated? I am not treated with equal respect, love, anything like that? I am treated like an object on the bottom of somebody's shoe? No, you don't deserve that. You deserve so much better. I want you to know. So now I'm going to tell you a few things you can do to start taking back your life, taking back yourself in these unhealthy relationships. Number one, stop being afraid of rejection in this relationship or possible future relationships. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to be cherished and adored and appreciated. Here is your opportunity to potentially find that but I'm here to tell you, my friend, until you love, adore, cherish yourself, no one else will do it for you. I promise. Because you don't value yourself anymore, other people like narcissists, they're predators. They see that, they sense it, and they just suck you dry. You don't deserve that. Number two, remind yourself every single day that it's okay to accept help from people who offer it to you to get out of this relationship or even to just get healthier in the process of dealing with the recovery from this relationship. Accepting help is really a sign of strength, not weakness. You could look at counseling, you could look at online groups like SPAN, like my morning chat group here on YouTube. You could look at a local support group, a local therapist. A lot of insurance companies pay for your therapy. And if you find a therapist who understands narcissistic abuse, they can be incredibly helpful in your recovery. I also do coaching. You can learn more about that at NarcissisticAbuseRecovery.online. That is not covered by insurance, but it is something that a lot of my clients tell me is incredibly helpful for their recovery. Next, you need to start to notice how you talk about yourself. Notice your self-talk. If you are judging yourself, stop it. If you're judging yourself in a harsh light, it's probably not even your own voice telling you that stuff. It's probably echoes of other people, whether it's narcissists, your parents, other people in your past, lots of people's voices inside your head. And I don't mean actual voices. I mean opinions that you yourself may have formed over the course of the years based on opinions that have been shoved down your throat for so long. It's time for you to start releasing those and start focusing on the good things about yourself, the things you're grateful for, the things you love about yourself and your life. And even if you're still stuck with a narcissist, you can still find some things about yourself and your life that you're grateful for, even if they're the smallest, simplest things to start with. The more you focus on gratitude, the more reasons to be grateful you're gonna bring into your life. You must be kind and compassionate to yourself. You've got to change the way you see yourself. You've got to change your beliefs and, the, and, and eliminate the self-defeating thoughts about what you're worth, because you're worth a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for, my friend. You don't have to prove to anyone that you're worthy you only have to prove it to yourself and the only thing you need to be worthy is to be breathing if you're alive right now if you're watching this video right now you're worthy all you have to do is own that and accept that you are worthy and finally I want you to start to visualize yourself in a healthy relationship that serves your needs can you imagine what would it be like in a relationship where you were treated with as much love and respect as you treated the other person where the other person was happy to see you every time they saw you 
if your current relationship has become very destructive in your life, to your life, to yourself, I want you to look at the ways that you're allowing it to sabotage you. And I want you to look at ways that you can stop that from happening. I know that sounds easier said than done, but start small. Start small. Stop for example, when you're in an argument with a narcissist and the narcissist says something mean to you like, you have a big stupid nose. I use that because a lot of people don't actually hear that one. But if the narcissist tells you, hey, you have a big stupid nose, don't agree with them. You can either say nothing or you can go, oh, that's very interesting that you say that. Or you can simply say, hey, I have a really freaking cute nose, okay? Stand up for yourself or at least don't agree with the disrespect. Do you constantly have relationships where you feel exhausted because you're trying to rescue your friends or your family or your lover from one catastrophe after another? You might be codependent and if you are, maybe it's time to let go and start looking after yourself for a change. This is the codependency test. Do you think you might be a codependent person? Knowing more about yourself can help you to improve your life. One of the best things about friendship is that our friends can support and help us when times get tough in our lives. In a relationship between two emotionally healthy adults, the role of giving and receiving help are balanced. Both people offer help and receive help from each other in approximately equal amounts. But there are some people who are always taking on the role of being the helper, no matter what relationship they're in. These people have friendships that focus exclusively on trying to solve the problems of their friends. We sometimes call this quality codependency. And we might label people who are obsessed with helping others as codependent. A codependent person often has relationships with people who have emotional, social, familial, and financial problems. This codependent person might spend a lot of their time, money, and energy helping other people who have problems but they ignore the problems in their own life. Why would someone be a codependent then? A person who is codependent often suffers from a deep sense of worthlessness and anxiety, and they try to derive a sense of self-worth by helping or rescuing others. A person who is codependent might not know how to relax and feel comfortable in any relationship where both partners are equals and the relationship is based on enjoying each other's company. Codependent people might feel anxious if someone they're helping gets their life in order and doesn't need their help anymore. The codependent person might immediately look around for someone else they can save. If you frequently take on the role of helping people who are your friends, how can you really tell if you're acting out of genuine kindness and concern or whether your behavior is in fact codependency? Here are some questions you can ask yourself to see whether your helping behaviors might actually be codependency. Do you have a hard time saying no to other people? Even when you're really busy, financially broke, or just completely exhausted, are you always sacrificing your own needs for everyone else? Do you feel more worthy as a human being because you've taken on a helping role? If you stopped helping your friends, would you feel guilty or worthless? Would you know how to be in a friendship not revolving around you being the helper? If your friends eventually didn't need your help, would you still be friends with them? Or would you look around for someone else to help? 
Do you feel resentful when other people are not grateful to you for your efforts at rescuing them or fixing their lives? Do you sometimes feel like more of a social worker than a friend in your relationships? Do you feel uncomfortable receiving help from other people? In the role of helping others, is it a more natural role for you to play in your relationships? Does it seem as if many of your friends have particularly chaotic lives with one crisis after another? Did you grow up in a family that had a lot of emotional chaos or addiction problems? Are many of your friends addicts, alcoholics, or do they have serious emotional and social problems? As you were growing up, did you think it was up to you to keep your family functioning? And as an adult, is it important for you to be thought of as the dependable one? If you answered yes to a lot of these questions, you might have a problem with codependency. This doesn't mean that you're a flawed person. It just means that you're spending energy on other people with very little on yourself. If it seems like a lot of your friendships are based on codependent rescuing behaviors rather than mutual like and respect between equals, you might want to step back and rethink your role in those relationships. If you suspect that your helping behavior is a form of codependency, a good therapist, a coach, or a counselor can help you gain perspective on your actions and learn a more balanced way of relating to other people. Now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you been here? Have you done this? Have you been in a codependent trap? And what did you do to get out of it? What are you dealing with right now? Share your thoughts and your ideas and your experiences in the comment section below. It might help another survivor not feel so alone. Let's talk about it. That's all I've got for you right now. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.